and welcome to the 86th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, do you know what time it is? It's earnings time? It's earnings time, yeah. So we've heard from a number of operators so far. So Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Comcast. We're recording this before Charter releases, but maybe we can talk a little bit about what you think that might happen there as well. But We can start with that, right? Yeah, yeah let's start with that. Comcast reported a very strong, what, 319,000 net ads, mm-hmm. really good financials. It showed, again, that cable is counter-seasonal, mm-hmm. where most carriers, they have their first quarter as, as their weakest quarter. We've seen over and over again that cable has the st- strongest quarter in the first quarter. And I don't know Charter's numbers, but I would expect them to come in very similar, a little bit above, a little bit below Comcast's numbers. That's what they always do. And so I don't think anything has changed. Got it. Okay. So we think, you know, cable is going to continue to to perform strong. What do we think about in terms of the M&Os? Why don't we start with T-Mobile? What are your thoughts on T-Mobile's numbers? Well, T-Mobile came in number two on phones, but it was, you know, devices, connected devices to the rescue, which gave them, again, the boast to be the fastest growing carrier, even though AT&T beat them on phones. Right. So the number that T-Mobile has been, been trumpeting over the last you know, probably year or so, I think, since AT&T has started really getting competitive on the phone side, has been the total postpaid net ads number. And so you know they got, what was it, 1.3 million postpaid net ads this time around? Compared to you know nine sixty five from AT and T and two sixty nine from Verizon, so that's a pretty convincing lead. But I think to your point, when you look at where you're you're getting the revenue from, it's almost always com- coming from phone, right? And and so they were number two in that category with yeah. five eighty nine. But you know when we do our back of the envelope calculation, you know the T Mobile number didn't come with three lines. Quite frequently, they make up their not that great numbers organically with with free lines, and we didn't see it this quarter. So that makes it very interesting. The other thing about T-Mobile that was really interesting was the extent to which they grew accounts, right? So yes. I believe it was around 400,000 account net, nets, Three, right? 360 something, I think. Yeah. But that's significant, right? And they were saying that 40% of those folks were coming from rural areas. So areas where they're typically underpenetrated, looks like they're actually getting some degree of attraction from, from new customers, right? Well, they got a lot of credit from Wall Street for lowering churn because the other guy's churn was a little bit up. You know, I think it was more like, you know, they're getting their their churn at Sprint a little bit more under control. And that's why. And Wall Street forgot that. But it's good that they got their their Sprint churn under control. I was a little bit surprised that only 37% of, of the Sprint, the old yellow customers are now on the, the Magenta network. And then 
they're talking about, oh, we'll have that all done by uh, this year. They better pick up the pace on that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But the, the churn without Sprint, you know, would have been probably record low churn for, for the industry, at least this quarter. So as they, they get rid of the, how should I say, the yellow disease, <laughs> you know, the patient should be very healthy. Right. And, and smile brightly in magenta. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I thought was, was pretty impressive coming from T-Mobile was their fixed wireless net ads. And I think this is something that, you know, we've seen and we've talked about this as you know, something we're looking forward to in this quarter. And, and T-Mobile didn't disappoint in the sense that, you know, they led the industry in fixed wireless net ads again with 338,000 additional subscribers. So that's, that's significant. That's big. Yeah. Especially if they're going to try to get to six or seven million subs by 2025, like they've, they've said they're trying to do. You know, and for, for the eagle-eyed analysts, there was also a little bit tidbit in there that T-Mobile was dis or disconnected 212,000 CDMA phones, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I would call DISH, right? So we know DISH lost at least 212,000 customers based on that. That's quite the hole to dig yourself out of, at least for DISH with, you know, are they below 8 million now or not? They're pretty close. They might be below 8 million this quarter, right? We expect them to go down. But I thought it was very interesting when we looked at our our Ramis data that it looks like Dish's churn seems to be bottoming out. So we'll see if it's already bottomed out this quarter or if it will bottom out next quarter. Did you look at this week's numbers on that? I haven't looked at it yet, but we do get weekly data on that. And maybe that's something we can keep, keep track of moving we'll forward. Keep, we'll keep an eye on that, right? But yeah, the impact of the 3G shutdown for T-Mobile was quite muted, whereas that impact at 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 and T was substantially larger, right? Right. Yep. Although what's interesting is both T-Mobile and AT and T are not counting those deactivations as as net losses, right? So they they make the adjustment prior to the calculation of the net so that those customers kind of go away in the dead of the night instead of being counted against net gains or net losses. Yeah, but I, I think here they, they took a little bit more than they should in terms of creative subscriber counting. For AT&T, if we switch to them for that number, you know, it was 10.7 million lines that, that got disconnected. Mostly IoT, right? Yeah. 8.8 million of that were IoT, 438 was postpaid phones, 234 was prepaid, a total of 899 postpaid and 749 resellers. And when you looked at the reseller numbers, that quite hurt, right? Right. But, you know, we talked about it before the before the shutdown, before we saw the numbers, and we said, like, it would be less than 1%. And this shows 0.6%. So we're not that bad, right, in our estimates. Yeah. So in terms of the rest of, you know, AT&T's numbers, they, uh, we, we talked about postpaid phone nets already. So they led the industry again for what it's got to be, like, the sixth or seventh quarter in, in a row. Yeah. For postpaid phone. They did really well on postpaid phone. You know, stay the course. I think Wall Street was a little bit spooked that profitability went down. 
mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, if they don't mess it up, if they just stay the course, they have a good thing coming. You know, I think the articulated strategy of consistent offers, consistent promotion is really working. They Out of those three, they got the latest, lowest uh, postpaid phone churn again as well. Yeah. 0.79%. So that's significant, right? Timo will talk a lot about having lowered churn quite a bit, but they're out of the the large three MNOs, they actually still have the highest churn in part, I think, because of that Sprint base that yeah. the majority of which is not back over on, on the Magenta network still. Yeah, so. exactly. So but you know, I remember a T Mobile that was leaking customer like a SIP, right? They brought them in uh, in, by the boatload and they lost them in a big, big hole at the bottom. And they have done a, T-Mobile has done a really fine job in fixing that. And I give John Ledger a lot of credit for that with this focus on it. I think he, he got by far not enough credit for his operational expertise and and mike siebert and his crew is, is continuing to do a really fine job in controlling churn it's coming lower and lower and lower right mm-hmm. so let's talk about verizon <laughs> okay Let, let's get to your top line on verizon how, how did verizon do this for why don't you start with it you you say i'm always so tough on that well okay i'll start so the first thing I would say is out of all the carriers, Verizon is the most cyclical in terms, uh, historically, in terms of how they perform in Q1. So it's not, yeah. they were in the hole in terms of postpaid phone net ads this year, actually not as bad as last last Q1, right? But still in the hole, right? And I think historically what's been interesting about that is that, you know, because prepaid tends to do a little bit better in the first quarter of the year, Verizon's yeah, this time, right? smaller, well, there's, there's smaller exposure to prepaid historically is meant that they don't get some of that prepaid bump in Q1. Now they own straight talk, right? And, and, and track phone. So that's a little bit different. I think, so they, they were at, and they still didn't get a bump. So they lost about a, uh, 80,000 prepaid subs. Most of that's, you know, coming from track phone, obviously yeah. they lost a fair amount that, you know, so they split their, their information by consumer and business. Right. And on the consumer side, they lost actually quite a bit of customers. So 292,000 customers down on consumer. On business, they made most of it up though. So business added 256,000. So that net loss at the end of the day on the phone side would be a lot worse if it weren't for you know the folks in the business group at Verizon pulling really hard this quarter. And right. I really want to congratulate Tammy Irving, who we know for for a long time, and and Sampath, who is the chief revenue officer of business, who did a really, really good job, right? And they made up, you know, and, and the consumer group is still struggling. You know, I think it's still the problem that they're going, you know, super premium. Well, they had said, they, they talked at length on their, on their call about how gross ads were a little bit softer. Yeah, but only for them. That's exactly the problem. Well, that's exactly it, right? Is that after they said that uh, the, during the other quarterly calls, or at least during T-Mobile, they got asked that similar question: if their gross ads were soft, and they said no, not at all. For everybody else, well, we don't have, a, we don't see a softness in gross ads, right? Mm-hmm. Which is everything you need to know. 
right? It's not a, it's not an industry problem. It's a Verizon problem. Well, we'll see. I think, you know, one thing that I think was a bright spot, right, is that if you look at their fixed wireless net ads, they added 194,000 folks on the on the fixed wireless side. And they are still in pretty early days in terms of just having deployed C-band in those top markets and, you know, running as fast as they can to deploy across the rest of the country. And I think it's, you know, C-band and fixed wireless really go hand in hand, right? So to see them perform like that this early, really the first quarter after they had commercial availability of C-band, I think is is promising. But the consumer business on the phone side, I think needs some help. Yeah, but, you know, of the 194,000 fixed wireless customer, 82,000 came from business, right? Traditionally, when we look at them, it's about, what, what, business is a quarter of the business, of the overall business, roughly, give or take. They're consistently punching above their weight. So, yeah. But here's the thing. You know, Verizon started reporting, was it last quarter, the numbers, and same thing with with T-Mobile. And they're clearly setting themselves up for a hockey stick, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I look at 2021, for both of them, the results are underwhelming, right? But this quarter, for both of them, they're setting themselves up for the hockey stick. T-Mobile broke a million, you know, which is impressive. Fixed wireless is really shaking up that industry. And it's shaking up also the fixed industry because most likely T-Mobile will be the fastest growing broadband provider. Yeah. And so it's, it's going to be fun. It's exciting and we'll keep track of it. We've still got a few more folks to report. And then maybe we'll uh, we'll do a kind of how how did Q1 look in general type of view. But yeah, no, the the big ones have it's roughly playing out as we expected. Mm-hmm. And you know we all have, know these guys, and you know to a certain extent they need to to focus back on their their strength, which is a really superior network and and fair prices. When you're going up and up and up, especially when you make a, a Faustian bargain, as as, you, as as they do with the with the content provider, it's going to be interesting how that plays out. Oh well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, that's all we have time for this week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Thank you.